in you, we find our rest. We find our rest in you. This world can be very busy. Our lives can be very busy. And there's always something next. There's always something that we've got to keep moving with. But Lord, we, we find our rest. We find our strength. We find our peace in you. That's where it comes from. Lord, we don't do it often enough where we pause and, and we just fix our eyes on you, but that we do that today. God, we do that today. God, we need to hear from you. We need a word from you. So, Lord, I, I pray that you would speak individually to each person in this place today. God, you're, you're right with us. God, for, for those who've accepted you as their Savior, as their Lord, you're living inside of us. So, Lord, may, may we slow down long enough to hear your voice. Forgive us for the, our busyness and the times that we've missed you and you've wanted to speak. God, forgive us for the times that we've, we've blocked you out just with a lot of good things, but, Lord, there, there's something better. And it's time with you. Lord, we trust in you today. Speak to us the way only you can. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, you may be seated this morning. Thank you for just taking time to, to be obedient to God and, and listening. Worship team, thank you for, for leading us. And, and today is a great day. The presence of the Lord is in this place. And we're just going to continue to worship him and, and lift his name up. We want to give you a chance to uh, continuing that atmosphere of worship just through through giving this morning through tithes and offerings if you came if you came prepared to give uh, today the offering envelopes are in the back of the pew in front of you you can uh, give that way with the envelopes putting them in the offering plates before you leave or you can give digitally or uh, give via text as well so thank you for for giving as as we just believe that's another act of worship that we can do uh, to say God not my way but your way we believe in you and uh, we, we trust in you so we're, we're so thankful for what God's doing thank you for for giving well today we man it's a good day today welcome welcome to Aberdeen First Assembly maybe last week was your first week here with the us at Easter. Thank you for coming back. We've got the, the new to AFA lunch directly after this. So if you're new here the last three months or so, we want to invite you. The meal is prepared. It is going to be great. And that's just going to be just over in the gym. You just keep going that way. Follow your nose. Uh, I'm not making it. So that's, that's another incentive. Um, that's another incentive to show up. I am not the cook on that one. You wouldn't want, you wouldn't want that. You saw that last week. So the, the new to AFA lunch is directly following this and encourage you as well. Uh, if, if you're new, uh, if you just accepted Jesus as your Savior, if, if you're still figuring things out, we'd love to have you join our Next Steps class. That's starting next week. And it's just going to be a great time for you to ask questions and uh, just hear the basics of what Christianity is all about and what following Jesus means. So I encourage you to sign up for that. Again, use the Next Steps card in the back of the pew in front of you and drop that off in the offering plate uh, before you leave and we will get you connected. That starts next Sunday at 9.30. Something going on throughout the whole building for every age, so bring the whole family during that time. It's going to be a great time. And also wanted to, to make a little exciting announcement today because, you know, they say lightning never strikes twice, but I don't know, it kind of has in this case. This is, this is a little unusual. Uh, a few 
weeks ago, we, we announced that our worship pastor, Pastor Joni, is engaged to be, to be married. She got a proposal, and she said yes. And, and uh, just last week, one week ago, our youth pastor, Pastor Sterling over there, uh, proposed to a nice young lady, and she said yes. Uh, so we've got, a, we've got a picture up here of, of Pastor Sterling, and Kirsten is her name. Some of you have, have met her. She, she's actually volunteered uh, at the church before. She's a student, she was a student at Trinity. She's now a, a kids pastor down at Calvary Assembly down in Sioux Falls and also working uh, as a secretary in our district office. So uh, just an amazing, amazing couple, and I'm so excited for you, Pastor Sterling. And uh, man, if you're a single pastor, this is the place to be. Let me tell you what. Uh, man, Two engagements in that short of a time, this is great. This is awesome. Uh, we don't have any other single staff members, so I guess this, this should be the last one on that one. But uh, no, we're so excited for you, Pastor Sterling. So be sure to congratulate him, and I'm sure you'll start seeing uh, Kirsten around a, a little bit as we, we move closer to that. But uh, just an incredible couple, and I'm excited uh, for what God's going to be using them to do as they continue in, in youth ministry. Uh, one other thing, we just want to, and last week we had a blast here at Easter, and it was so much fun just to see what God did uh, through Easter breakfast, uh, through service, getting to pray with people in the altars, and uh, over in the balloon drop and egg hunt with the kids. So we, we decided to put together a little video, just a recap uh, of what God did last week. So why don't you check out this video? of our life because you know what we have the cookbook for life we have the instruction manual it's called the bible god god wrote us this letter to show us this is the way to live this is how you should do it but in the my way life we try to do things our own way i like this quote you know we've got two options heaven or hell your way or my way uh, c.f lewis writes this he says there are only two kinds of people in the end those who say to god God, your will be done. And those to whom God says in the end, your will be done. So which end are you going to follow? Are you going to say, God, your will? Or are you going to die saying, no, God, my way. My way. God, my way is better. Or are you going to declare, God, your way is better.
All right. Man, we had so much fun on, on Easter Sunday, so thank you guys all for, for jumping in, and so many volunteered, and, and I did notice that uh, somebody decided to provide complimentary ponchos in the front row this week. Uh, <laughs> we had some fun last week. It was, it was a bit of a mess, but thankful for cleaning crews and janitors who, who are amazing people, and, uh, but I love, we had 10 people give their lives to Jesus last week. That's what it's all about. That is what it's all about. So thank you, Jesus. We had, we had seven people respond up here. We had three up in the kids zone who gave their life. And, and so I'm just, I'm praising God for what he's done and believing that, that God's going to continue to do more, that this is just a start of what he wants to do uh, in our city. Well, hey, today we are starting a brand new series, and it's called Q&A. Q&A. And uh, what we're doing in this is, is a lot of us, we have questions, right? Have you ever come across a, a tough questions? What, what do you do when you come ac across a tough question? Do you just ignore it? Do you forget about it? Do you, you not care and you just try to live your life that way? Uh, maybe some of us, we assume the worst. We think, well, I don't have an answer to this question, so I'm going to assume that it's, it's bad. That, and I'm just going to go to the negative. Uh, maybe you Google it. And you try to do some research, maybe you ask someone. And so that's what we're doing in this series is, is trying to help answer some tough questions that you may come across. Maybe it's in, in the Bible, maybe it's uh, how you see things in life and, and it's just hard to come up with that. And, and so there's a lot of different questions that we're going to be looking at. How do we follow Jesus? Difficult Bible passages, uh, difficult life questions, all those things. So today, if you have questions... We've had several that have been submitted so far, but it's not too late. If you've got questions that you want to submit, uh, you don't understand a passage in the Bible, or again, you've got some things in life that you just don't understand, uh, I encourage you, take some time, even right now, in the bulletin, the back of that bulletin, there's a little QR code that you can uh, submit online your questions, or you can just take any of those cards, the next step, the uh, connect card or the prayer card, and you can just put your question on there, drop it in the offering. It can be totally anonymous, uh, not a problem at all. And we're going to answer as many questions uh, as we can over these next few weeks that we have together. And we are going to try to, uh, to make that happen. And, and here's the thing. We're not just going to give you Pastor Ben's opinion on this. You don't want my opinion. It's not very good. But we're going to do the best thing we can do. Uh, we're going to go in God's word, and we're going to give you God's opinion on those questions, God's answer. So we're looking at real questions with biblical answers. And that's what this series is all about. So today, we took two of the questions that you submitted, and uh, we're going to look into God's Word to see what we can do to come up with an answer for those questions. And so here are the two questions that, that our goal is to answer today. First one is this, how do I get rid of an idol that's in my everyday life? And the second question is, what should I do if I think I'm living a double life? So these are real questions. These are questions that, that you submitted, and these are Things that we can relate to. You know, how many of us have something in our life that we just can't seem to break? We can't seem to let go. Uh, how many of us, you know, maybe today you're sitting there and you're thinking, man, I feel like I'm living a double life. I'm one person on Sunday, but I'm a different person uh, during the week. I'm a different person around my family, around my coworkers, or I'm a different person on Friday night than I am on Sunday morning. How do I, what do I do? How do I do this? And so that's what we're going to be looking at. Because uh, I believe these two questions, they go hand in hand. You know, 
they really work. We're talking about idols. We're talking about who do we serve? Are we serving Jesus on Sunday and serving somebody else another day? Uh, how, how do all these work together? So I think to figure out and answer these questions, we first need to start by understanding what an idol is. So if you got your Bibles, open them up to 2 Chronicles chapter 14. 2 Chronicles chapter 14, and we're going to be looking at what is an idol and how do we get rid of those in our life? How do we stop living a double life? So the book of Chronicles, there's a first and a second book of, of Chronicles, and it follows the, the lives of the kings in in Israel and the kings of Judah. So it starts with kind of the end of Saul. It moves into King David and then King Solomon. And then after that, the kingdom splits. It splits into a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom, the kingdom of Israel and the kingdom of Judah. So Chronicles, Second Chronicles, follows more of the kingdom of Judah and those, those kings that went through it in the line of David. And what we see in there is the major theme in this book is that there are rewards when we follow God's commands, and there's consequences when we don't follow God, right? When we do it our way, there's consequences. When we do it God's way, there is rewards. And so we'd see often in these passages, it will say that there was such and such a king, and he did what was wrong in the eyes of God. Or another way you could put that is they served idols. They didn't serve God. They served uh, foreign gods. And they served idols, and these idols would be carved images in wood or cast in metal, and they would be used to represent a god. Not, not the god, but just a god. And so instead of worshiping the one true god uh, that they could not see, they would worship creation that they could see, that they could feel. So it would take many forms. Maybe they would worship the, the sun god or the moon god, or uh, they'd worship an animal. A lot of times you'd see a cow in the Bible as an idol that people would, would worship. They'd worship plants or trees. They'd worship images of a person or a god that they created that they thought was, was all-powerful. And in the Old Testament, you see some of the names of these gods, like Asherah, Dagon, Moloch, and Baal. And these were the gods that that the people would, would worship and they would serve, and, and, but they were idols. See, idolatry was, is all about worship. It's all about worship. It's the worship of an idol as though it were God. And so when they would do this, when they would have idolatry in their nation, when they would allow these things to come in, it says that there was consequences. It, they would fail. It would be, the land would constantly be under attack. Things would go wrong. Nations would come in, try to take them captive. And it was just a struggle. But the opposite was true as well. Some of those kings, not many, but some of those kings said they did what was right in the eyes of the Lord which means they, they followed God. They, they took away the idols. And when they did that, there was peace in the land. They succeeded. They were, they were good kings. And so when I'm reading through First and Second Chronicles, I'm basically sitting here as a cheerleader like, come on, come on, be a good king. Be a good king. Come on. And, and unfortunately, I can't change the text. I wish I could rewrite some of these stories. But we see the consequences. It, it's so obvious. It, it's so connected. When they didn't follow God, bad things happened. When they followed God, good things happened. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today is the story of one of those kings. His name was King Asa. So in 2 Chronicles chapter 14, verse 1, we, we see the beginning of his story. It says, And Abijah, which would be King Asa's father, rested with his ancestors and was buried in the city of David. 
Asa, his son, succeeded him as king in his days, and in his days, the country was at peace for 10 years. Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord, his God. Good job, Asa. I love you. Uh, verse 3 says, he removed the foreign altars in the high places, smashed in, uh, the sacred stones, and cut down the Asherah poles. He commanded Judah to seek the Lord, the God of their ancestors, and to obey his laws and commands. He removed the high places and incense altars in every town in Judah, and the kingdom was at peace under him. He built up the fortified cities of Judah. Since the land was at peace, no one was at war with him during those years, for the Lord gave him rest. Let's pray over God's word. Jesus, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that we can learn from the stories uh, of those who have gone before us. God, thank you for providing this insight so we can see how to break down idols and break down strongholds and help us not to live double lives anymore. So God, I pray that you would open up your word. God, that, that you would speak loudly and clearly today in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're looking at the story of King Asa. He is the the great-grandson of King Solomon, one of the greatest kings who ever lived. He's in the lineage of the line of King David. And we see here that he inherits his throne from his father, King Abijah. So it's at this point that he has to make a decision. What am I going to do? How am I going to serve? How am I going to lead? How am I going to rule? Am I going to do it my way or am I going to do it God's way? Am I going to follow idols or am I going to follow the one true God? Two options, two decisions. And so King Asa makes the decision, the important decision, that he says, hey, in the kingdom of Judah, we are going to follow the one true God. We're going to get rid of all of the idols. We're going to follow the one true God. And, and so I believe that in this passage, it's going to help us with these questions of, of how do I remove idols from my life? How do I not live a double life? And, and so I want to give you three steps and maybe a few pointers of how we can get rid of the idols in our life, how we can live a life that's the same every single day because we're following the one true God. So the first thing that I see that King Asa does, the first thing that we need to do to get rid of an idol in our life is this, identify your idols. You need to identify your idols. So that's the first thing that King Asa does. He goes through and he sees the weak points. He sees all the different ways that people are serving false gods. Right? And, and so he goes through and he sees Asherah poles, he sees incense altars, he sees foreign altars, he sees high places, he sees sacred stones, and he recognizes these are all pulling us away from God. These are all used in the worship of other gods. These are our idols. So let me ask you today, what are the idols in your life? What are the idols in your life? What are the, the, the people that you're, you're serving, the things that you're serving that are not God? Now, this is kind of a tricky question, because if you look at it from the Old Testament perspective, you're thinking, I'm good. I don't have any little funny statues at home with a shrine to them that, that I worship, so I, I don't have any idols in my life. But the problem is that idols aren't always just images or things that we set up. Uh, idols are, again, a matter, idolatry is a matter of worship. It's a matter of worship. So who or what are you worshiping that's not God? That's the real question we're asking. Because those things are idols in your life, things that we're worshiping that aren't God. And understand this, worship is much more than songs. It's much more than what we did up here this morning as, as worship to God. Our whole life is an act of worship to God. Everything that we do is an act of worship to God. In fact, Colossians 3.17 tells us this. 
Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So really what we're doing in our whole life, whether in word or in deed, in action, everything is an act of worship. But the question is, are you worshiping God with your actions and your words, or are you worshiping someone else? What, what are you doing? Right? Did you honor God through the effort that you gave at work this week? Did you honor him? Did you honor God in your conversations this week? And that's, that's tough. Did all of our conversations glorify God? Or were we gossiping or were we using foul language? What, did our conversations honor God? Did you honor God through what you watched? Did you honor God through the music that you listened to? Did you honor God with your time? Did you give God your time this week? Did you honor God with, with how you spent your money? Matthew chapter 6 says, uh, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So we know that that's an act of worship, that, that we honor God or dishonor God through every uh, motion, through every action that we take. So how did we do this week? What are we worshiping? Where are we spending our time? Where are we spending our money? Where are we putting our resources? What are our conversations revolving around? Who are we worshiping? You see, idols are anything that takes our worship away from God, and they come in many forms. We see an obvious one would be addictions. A lot of times people put those up as number one in, in the idol list of uh, these are bad habits that you wish you could break. These are addictions that just have a stronghold in your life that you keep getting, giving over to. So maybe that's alcohol or drugs or, or pornography or whatever it might be. And we just keep giving in and we keep giving in and they become idols in our life because we're not worshiping God through those things. We're not worshiping God. Perhaps entertainment has become an idol in your life. Maybe it's movies or uh, the things that you stream or video games or phones or social media or, or sports or whatever entertainment that can just constantly consume us. And that's what we've got to do. We, we've got to have that time. We've got to have those things. And, and it puts away so we don't have time for God anymore because we constantly need to be entertained. And we desire to be entertained more than we desire to spend time with God. Is it an idol in your life? People. People can be idols. There's the famous person that you just devote yourself to and you follow constantly and, and you worship them more than you worship God, but it can also be just relationships. And you just desire that person's attention and that person's love so much that you don't even want attention from God and you, you ignore him. So people can become idols. Money, success, greed can become idols in our lives if we allow them to. And even decent things like hobbies can become idols in our life, where that's all the time we, we spend doing that, even though they might be good things like reading or working out or collecting stamps, you know, whatever it might be, uh, that you just feel like this is what I love to do. And, but is it consuming you? Is it taking your time away from God? See, the majority of these things are not inherently bad. People aren't inherently bad. Money isn't inherently bad. Entertainment, hobbies, they're, they're not evil. But when we become so enwrapped in them, they take our focus off of God and they become idols in our life because it takes God out of the center of our life. And you don't want that. We need God at the center of our life. See, idols can be good things that just get in the way of greater things, that get in the way of, of God. So here's a little test. If you can't say no to it in your life, it's an idol. Right? If you can't say no to that 
that show or uh, watching that game or uh, that addiction that you have or you can't say no to that, that person or, or to that hobby, it's, it's becoming an idol. That should be a big red flag of this is an idol in my life. Another way to spot an idol in your life is if you get defensive about it. Right? You get defensive and somebody calls you out and says, hey, why are you spending so much time on this? Why are you doing that? And your immediate reaction is, well, I deserve this. You know, this is mine. Who are you to question? And we get angry and we, we bark back at that. We get defensive. And we try to claim, well, I need me time. Well, I need this. Well, I need this. Well, you don't understand. I deserve this. I could stop any time that I want to. And it's a clear sign of, okay, that's becoming a stronghold in your life. It's kind of like that same warning sign that, that I get from my kids when they're overtired. You can tell, all right, they need to go to bed. So you tell them, all right, kids, get up, go to bed. No! Ah, yeah. You know, and it's just this whine and this defense. You guys don't have kids like that, do you? You've never seen that. You were never kids like that either. Uh, but you can see this is this clear sign, this defensiveness of, okay, something's wrong here. Something is up and uh, something needs to change. Those are idols that we can spot in our life. So that's the step one, is we need to identify the idols that are holding us back from worshiping God. Step number two is this, remove and destroy the idols. Remove and destroy the idols. That is what King Asa did. Uh, not only did he identify the idols, but he removed them and destroyed them. Verse three tells us this, he removed the foreign altars in the high places, he smashed the sacred stones and cut down the Asherah poles. See, this was not simply taking all those things and throwing them in a closet and say, ah, we'll just, this is some good stone. These are some good tables. These are some good, let's just save them in case we need them for something else. Let's repurpose them later. No, he didn't do that. He smashed them so that you couldn't go back. Because how many of us do we just say, all right, God, I'm going to make a commitment to you. I'm going to get rid of these in my life, but we don't actually get rid of them. We just kind of tuck them in the closet. It would be like saying, you know, I'm going to cut sugar from my, my diet, right? I'm going to get rid of candy. I'm going to get rid of all those things. So I'm going to go through all my house. I'm going to remove the candy, and I'm just going to put it on the top shelf so I can't reach it anymore, right? I mean, how many of you know, in that moment of weakness, you're just going to pull out a stool and go grab that candy, right? It's not even going to be hard. It's going to be an easy thing because you still allowed it to be accessible. And, and so what King Asa does, he comes in here and he says, no. No, we're not just going to tuck these things away in the closet. We're not just going to hide them and put them away because he knew that when things got desperate, when they got into a tight situation, when things didn't go right, people would go right back to serving those false gods because they thought maybe this could be hope. Maybe we'll try something different. But instead, what he does is he takes them and he smashes them. He destroys them. He ruins them so that when things get tough, when things get hard, they can't go back to those idols, but the only one they can run to is the one true God. That's what they did. And so that's what we need to do, is we need to, we need to smash some things in our life. I, I like the illustration of uh, Sun Tzu in his book, The Art of War. He taught armies that they needed to, once they arrived in a new location, once they crossed a bridge or arrived somewhere by boat, to burn the boats, burn the bridges. Because he said, your army, if you want to do the best that you can, there needs to be no option for surrender. There needs to be no option for retreat. You can't get back on that boat and go back where you came from. You can't go back across that bridge that you came on. The only way is forward. The only way is through. 
And we've seen many armies do this over time. In ancient uh, Greece, the, the soldiers understood this concept. And the first command that the generals would, would give uh, once reaching the shore was to burn the boats. Alexander the Great burned the boats upon arrival of uh, the shores of Persia. Cortez gave the command to burn the boats when he landed on the shores of the New World in, in Mexico. And no retreat. We can't go back to the way that we used to be. We have to move forward. And that's what King Asa is doing in this passage. He's saying, burn the boats. Take down all of these things. Take down the, the poles. Take down the tables. Take down these sacred stones. Smash them. Get rid of them because we're not going back. Are you ready to not go back to your idols? Are you ready to destroy them? Are you ready to destroy them for good? Because again, how often do we just tuck it away in the closet until we need that when things get desperate? If an idol in your life is drunkenness, smash the shot glasses. Get rid of the alcohol in your house. Don't allow it to be there. Don't be a, allow it to be a temptation. Get rid of it all completely, 100%. TV, if TV's uh, in your way, right? If that's something you keep going back to and you just, uh, you keep ignoring your time with God, maybe, believe it or not, people survived without TV for generations and generations. Maybe you just need to get rid of that thing, right? I'm serious. Maybe you need to, to get rid of it because it's becoming a distraction. It's taking you away uh, from spending time with God. And really, what's more important in this life? Being entertained? spending time with God. You've got to have that eternal perspective. We'll talk about that later. Maybe your idol is gossip. Or maybe your idol is you're, you're just afraid that you're going to miss out, so you're constantly, you know, you're on that phone and you're scrolling through and you're checking social media and all that. Maybe you just need to delete the apps. Get rid of them. Delete your account so that way you don't have to be consumed by that. Because some of us can get so consumed and that's that's our daily. We've got to have this, this fix of, of social media. That's why I'm so thankful for camp, that we can just put our phones away. We can go out to a place with no cell phone reception and, and spend time with God. And it's amazing what God does when we do that. When we just focus and say, God, this time is yours. God moves powerfully. That doesn't have to be just once a week. That can be every day. Because you say, I'm going to put away my distractions. I'm going to focus on God. I'm going to put away the idols in my life. I met a guy once, uh, he was struggling with, with pornography, and, and he kept coming back and kept coming back to his computer, and finally one day he said, I've had enough. And so he took his computer, and he, he literally, he smashed it. He destroyed it. He said, I'm not going to allow this to be a stronghold in my life anymore. Today's the day that it's over, and so he destroyed it. What idols do you need to smash? Do you need to destroy? What physical things can you do to, to take away the the power that the enemy has had over you for all these years, the stronghold that he keeps coming back to, what do you need to destroy in your life? So identify idols. Uh, smash and destroy. Uh, destroy the, and remove your idols. Number three is this. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. Because we can clean house. We can clear it all out. We can do everything physically that, that we can to remove temptations away from us. But if we don't fill it with something good, it's just going to come back again. And it's probably going to come back even worse. See, King Asa didn't simply stop by removing idols. It's a good step. It's a necessary step. But he replaced it with something good. He commanded them, seek the Lord, Judah. Seek 
the Lord. We're going to go after God. We're going to remove the bad stuff from our life, all this idol worship, and we are going to fill it with worship of God. We are going to seek him. We're going to obey his commands. Uh, Matthew chapter 12 says this about good and bad things and leaving the house empty. Verse 43 says, when the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest but finds none. Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it, come, and when it comes, uh, it finds the house empty, swept, and put in order. Then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits more evil than itself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the person is worse than the first. You know, that happens in our life. We can smash uh, and destroy the idols in our life, but we, we don't fill it with something good. It's just going to come back even worse than the first time. So we need to remove the bad, but we need to fill it with good. See, verse 4 said, He commanded Judah to seek the Lord, the God of their ancestors, and to obey his laws and commands. So you can identify your idols, you can destroy your idols, and it will help you for a little while. But you'll never fully uh, get rid of those. You'll never fully have freedom if you stop at step two. You need to move on to step three. You need to seek the Lord. Because understand this, idolatry is a spiritual stronghold. Idolatry is a spiritual stronghold. All of those idols that you struggle with, it's a spiritual struggle. It's not simply a physical one. We see a lot of the repercussions physically, the addictions that we see physically, but it, in reality, it's a spiritual stronghold. So you can get rid of all of your money. You can get rid, you can give all of your money away. If that's a stronghold in your life, that's an idol in your life, you can get rid of it all, but it won't remove the greed from your heart. You can smash your computer, but it won't destroy the lust in your heart. We have to fill it with something good. Idolatry is a spiritual battle. And fighting physically helps, but you'll never win the battle unless you attack it spiritually. I was talking with a friend uh, not too long ago, and uh, he was trying to, to mentor a guy uh, who was struggling again with, with pornography. And I'm not sure what the man's name was, so we'll just call him Joe. So, so Joe, he recognizes this idol in his life, and he sees this is not good. This is weighing me down. This is tearing me down, and I don't want it anymore. So God, God really shook him up, and, and he said, all right, I need to get on the right path. So he, he called up my friend, and he, and he said, hey, would you be a mentor in my life? Would you be my account accountability partner? And so he said, yeah, sure, let's, let's do this thing together. And so they, they teamed up, and they did everything they could. They, they destroyed as many idols as they could. Uh, he blocked a bunch of websites from him. He, he uh, was his accountability partner so that he would have a report each week to let him know what's going on. They identified, all right, this is a weak point. This is a tough time of day. And, and they did everything they could to keep this guy to overcome this addiction that he had to pornography. Well, it was going well for a while, but, but after a few weeks, Joe called up his accountability partner and he said, hey, is there any way that just, just for one day that you could just unblock everything for me. It was just, just one day. See, the thing was, they destroyed, they destroyed all the idols. They, they took away everything that they could, but inside his heart was still broken because it was a spiritual battle. They tried to attack it physically, but they needed to go to the next step and, and fill him spiritually because we can't fix our broken hearts. See, that's the next thing I want to share with you is we can't fix ourselves. We can't, the addictions that you have, the idols in your life, you can't fix them yourselves. You need someone greater to come in and mend us from the inside out. 
See, King Asa knew that it wasn't simply destroying idols, but it was seeking the Lord. It was obeying his commands. So how, how do we do that? How can we allow God to fix us? We do the same thing King Asa did. The first thing, he sought the Lord. He sought the Lord. How do you, how do you seek the Lord? You talk to him. What do we call that? Prayer. Talking with God. If you want to break the idols in your life, if you want to get rid of them for good, then you need to start praying. You need to spend time at this altar. Spend time every day coming to God and say, Lord, I, God, I need you. God, I can't do this on my own. This addiction has been, been weighing up in me for too long. And God, I need your help. I need you to mend my broken heart. I need you to fix me from the inside out. That's what we need to do. We need to get down on our knees and say, God, I need your help. God, I need your help. That is the only way that you're going to overcome the idols in your life. That's the only way you're going to stop living a double life is if you get down on your knees daily. It's the only way. There's not another way around it. The second thing that he did was he obeyed the laws and the commands of God. Well, how can we do that? First, you've got to know them. His laws and commands, they're, they're in this book. But how can we follow them if we don't read it? So if we want to break those idols in our life, we need to get in God's word. We need to spend time daily in God's word. Daily in his word. And not just to read it, but to apply it to our life, to do it, and, and, and to allow it to, every day we become more and more like Jesus, more and more like his word. That's what we do. So if you want to really break down the strongholds in your life, if you want to break down the idols in your life, then get on your knees. Spend time in God's word. I mean, it sounds like the simplest answer ever, but it will revolutionize your life. It will change you like you could never imagine you'll be a different person because God's the only one who can fix a heart. God is the only one who can fix a heart. So identify your idols. Remove and destroy your idols and seek the Lord. See, when you don't, when you don't do those things, when you engage in idol worship, like I said before, there's, there's consequences. See, idols, they steal our peace. Idols steal our peace. We would see in the kings of Israel that when they didn't obey God, that the land was constantly full of war. That people were trying to take the kingdom over, all these different things. Enemies would invade because they weren't faithful to God. You know, in our homes... When we're serving idols, the enemy wants to come in and steal the peace. He, he's so good at that. He just sneaks on in there. Excuse me. He just sneaks on in there because we're, we're serving other gods and, and, and we're giving our time to things that we shouldn't be giving our time to. And that's when the enemy comes in and he wants to divide us. He wants to steal our peace. He wants to come in and, and take over. But you know, the opposite is true as well. That when we seek God, we find peace. We seek God, we find, you want peace in your home? Seek God. Stop serving other idols and seek the one true God. I mean, look at what happens in this passage when King Asa destroys the idols and sought the Lord. It says there was peace in the land for 10 years. No one attacked because he sought the Lord. And he says, God, I, I need you. I, I want to be more like you. 10 years later, the enemy came. Right, you're thinking, oh no, God's abandoned us, all these different things. But the enemy came, and uh, the enemy was strong. One translation estimates that there was a million soldiers that showed up at Judah's doorstep saying, we're going to take over this land. And they came in with higher tech equipment. So the kingdom of Judah, they were outmanned, they were outgunned. 
So what did King Asa do? It says in verse 11 of chapter 14 this. It says, And Asa cried out to the Lord his God, O Lord, there is none like you to help between the mighty and the weak. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rely on you. And in your name we have come against this multitude. O Lord, you are our God. Let not man prevail against you. See, the enemy is going to try coming back. The enemy always tries to come back. Whether you've got a clean house or whether you filled it with, with the presence of God, he's going to try coming back. He's going to try to tempt you again. He's going to try to get in your way and steal your peace. But it's in those moments when those idols come knocking again that we need to remember where our peace comes from, that we need to remember where our strength comes from. Right? It's in the Lord. It's through seeking the Lord. It's not in the size of your army. It's not in the, the skill of your army or your willpower, but our victory comes from God. So King Asa prays, and now listen to what happens next. Verse 12 says this. It says, So the Lord defeated the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. Asa and the people who were with him pursued them as far as Gerar, and the Ethiopians fell until none remained alive, for they were broken before the Lord and his army. One million people tried to come in and overpower Judah, who didn't have anywhere close to one million soldiers to protect themselves. But God gave them complete and utter uh, victory that day because they sought the Lord. Because that's where his peace came from. That's where his peace came from. God won the victory. God was their peace. Church, if you want peace today, it's through seeking the Lord. If you want uh, peace today, it's through removing those idols in your life and making God the only God that you serve. One last little tidbit here too, and worship team, you can come is we need to keep an eternal perspective. We need to keep an eternal perspective. Because idols are fun to worship for a short amount of time. That's why people do it. They give in, they think this could provide immediate results. And so we give in. But the thing is, idols are temporary. And idols are, frankly, they're powerless. But we serve a God who is eternal, a God who uh, heaven and hell are on the line, and we get to spend eternity in heaven. So seeking God when you have an eternal perspective, just makes sense. And it makes it easier to do the hard things like destroying our idols and, and seeking God even when you just don't understand, even when the enemy is attacking. I want to share some sad news with you. If you keep reading in Second Chronicles, you can see King Asa's story play out over chapter 14 and 15 and 16. And while at the beginning of his life, he... He sought the Lord. He destroyed the idols. He did all of those things. When the enemy came in, he prayed to God and God protected him. But, but towards the end of his life, there was another idol that snuck in. And it didn't come with a carved image or a statue or anything like that. But it was an idol of, of greed that took over. You see, in those peaceful years, those years where they just enjoyed the presence of God. He began to build up his army. He began to, to build up his wealth because things were good. And towards the end of his life, another enemy tried to attack. And this time, this time he didn't seek God. This time he didn't get on his knees. Because this time he said, ah, I got the resources. I can take care of this army. 
fact, I've got enough money, I'm just going to pay another army to do the dirty work for me. So he paid another army, and they came in and, and routed the enemy, and, and all was good. But the problem was is that money became an idol in his life. And he trusted in his money for peace rather than in God for peace. So God sent a prophet. He sent a, the Bible calls him a seer, to call him out, to call King Os out, and, and to let him know, hey, what you did was wrong. Money has become an idol in your life. And he came to tell him that. Now listen to King Asa's reaction. Chapter 16, verse 10 says this. Asa was angry with the seer because of this. He was so enraged that he put him in prison. And at the same time, Asa brutally oppressed some of the people. Remember how I said that you can identify an idol when you get defensive? get angry. That's what happened here. Somebody called King Asa out and said, hey, you're doing it wrong. You're not seeking the Lord anymore. You've allowed this to creep into your life. So he throws him in prison and starts oppressing people. Because he doesn't like being called out. He, do, he doesn't like that. See, he lost his sight. He lost his sight on the prize. He lost his sight of what truly mattered. He thought, I can start serving this God of money and, and it's going to protect me. It's going to give me the provision I need. I don't even have to humble myself and ask God for help this time. So he started serving an idol. And all of a sudden, the peace in his life was now gone. See, we need to remember that in the long run, in the light of eternity, that idols are temporary. But God is eternal. And God's way better. Way better. Colossians chapter 3 says this. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, not on idols. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, purity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. So here we see Paul writing in Colossians, and he's saying, Hey, put to death those things in your life, those idols in your life, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, greed, evil desires, all these things. You need to put them to death. You need to smash those idols in your life. He's saying the same thing. Tear them down. Physically attack them. Remove the idols in your life. But then he says, but set your eyes on things above. Right? Be looking into the heavenlies. Get that eternal perspective. Jesus is king. Don't be worried about all this stuff down here. Your peace comes from above. Set your eyes above. So identify your idols. Right? Smash those. Destroy those idols. And seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. That's how we remove idols from our life. That's how we stop living a double life. Because think about this, double lives, that's what we're doing is we're, we're following idols. On Sundays, we're serving one master. Or we're, we're trying to. But then the rest of the week, we're serving a different master. We're serving a different idol. But I want to let you know, don't fool yourself. A double life isn't the way to live. Matthew chapter 6 tells us that no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. See, don't fool yourself. Living a double life is not living for God. 
you're not serving the right master. You're, you're serving the other master. You can't serve two of them. So you're serving idols rather than the one true God. So today, the same thing goes for you. If you're living a double life, identify those idols. Smash those, destroy those idols in your life. Attack it every way you can physically. But don't stop there. Attack it spiritually as well. Seek the Lord. Get in God's word. Obey his commands. So today, I just want to give you an opportunity. Wherever you're at today, you know, maybe you accepted Jesus for the first time last week. And now you're, you're seeing in your life, man, there's some things here that aren't right. And you feel bad about things that maybe you never felt bad about before. That's, that's called the Holy Spirit. He's there to convict us, to show us the right way. And today I challenge you, if the Holy Spirit's convicting you of some idols in your life, today's the day to smash those things, to get rid of them, to go back home and literally make some change, to take the garbage out. You might need to do that. Today's the day to come to this altar and lay things down and say, God, it's yours. Change me from the inside out. God, I want to be more like you. God, I can't fix myself. God, would you heal me? God, would you make me new? God, would you give me your desires? Because, God, I've got these desires and they won't go away. The Bible says that God can give us the desires of our heart, that he can give us new desires, that he can give us godly desires, desires that honor him rather than honor ourselves. So, God, would you come in? Would you do some heart surgery? Remove my desires. Put yours in there. God, I want to be more like you. I don't want to be addicted to these things anymore. God, I don't want to keep going back. God, I want to be more like you. So we have a choice today. What are we going to do? Keep living with those idols? Just kind of stuff them under the bed? Or do we destroy them? And say, God, I'm only going to serve you today. God, I'm only going to live for you today. Would you stand with me? want to give you a chance to to respond again maybe your response is you just need to go home and change some things or maybe your response today is is you need to come and just spend some time seeking the lord then i challenge you these altars are open these altars are open and, and let's just spend some quality time seeking after god today maybe you've never accepted christ as your savior before but here's the thing jesus died he rose again. That's what we celebrated last week. We celebrated every week here. Every week is Easter week. Jesus died and rose again so that we could have freedom over our idols. So that we wouldn't have to give in to that sin that constantly holds us back. So today, if you want to give your life to Jesus, I, I'll be down front over here. I'd love to pray with you. And, and God wants to do miracles in your life today and remove so many things. But let me pray for you. And I challenge you. I challenge you. Come find a place place of surrender and just seek the Lord today. Jesus, God, thank you for your word. God, thank you for your word. God, I thank you that King Asa, so many years ago, that he went in and he cleaned house. He destroyed everything and he sought you. But Lord, I don't want to end up the way King Asa ended up. God, I don't want idols to come back in. I don't want them to creep in. I don't want greed to creep in. God, I don't want any idol in my life to creep back in. So, Lord, keep me on my knees every single day. God, keep me in your word every day. Lord, may we worship you with everything we have. 
Help us to identify these idols. Holy Spirit, would you convict us today? Convict us, Lord, and give us the strength. Give us the courage to destroy some idols in our life. God, to utterly smash them, to get rid of them, to kick them out of our house. And God, may we fill ourselves with you. So we come to you today. Meet us in these altars. In Jesus' name, amen. I encourage you, come find a place. When God's done speaking to you, you can head out and see it's a new day if they lunch. But let's just find a place to see God. to tell